Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Core. This is Core episode... Oh, man. Where is it? 250. 250! Look at that. That's impressive. That's uh, 50 more than 200. That's 50 Mm -hmm. more to go to 300. I could do math all day. Oh, yeah. Anyway, welcome back to the show. We're uh, happy to be here. It's Thursday, January 7th, 2021. Been a pretty wacky week here in the United States. Time to talk about games and escape a little bit of that. Hopefully we help you guys do that as well. It's good for us. It's good for you. It's good for all of us to sit around and talk about the stuff we love. Okay, quick note. Piece of business at the top of the show. I'm Scott Johnson, and I'm here. John Jagger is here. Hello, John. Hello. Bo Schwartz, you may notice, is not here today, and there's a reason for that. Uh, Bo is going to take some time away from not just this, but all his sort of extra stuff on the side, podcasting things, things like that. He's going to do that for a while for all positive reasons, for reasons that are really, really good for him. There is, It's not a falling out from the show thing at all. He just needs some time, and we are willing to give it to him, both as co-hosts and friends, and uh, hope that it uh, it gives him exactly what he needs, which is some time away and some time to, to sort of find some things uh, in his life that will help him sort of deal. I mean, I guess what I'm dancing around here is, and he'd tell you, no problem, but he's dealing with some issues right now that are mostly concerns about mental health and and that sort of thing, and he's really serious about doing what's best for him right now, which we 100% support. 
We've talked about it on the show before a little bit, um, and uh, it's it's basically that, and we're and we're here to support it. So that's what we're doing. I'm doing a terrible job explaining this, but uh, that was good. Yeah, that was good. but we like, but you know, we 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 uh, appreciate everybody reaching out saying how's Bo, how's Bo. I get it all the time. Every day, there's at least two, three emails saying, "Hey, if there's anything I can do," and I'm passing all that stuff on to him. He's doing fine. And uh, if he pops in, there's always this third chair. You guys here live are seeing uh, Link sitting there looking all weird. But that's where Bo's photo will always show up or his video when he's here live. And that seat is open to him just like it is on There Will Be Dungeons. So uh, keep your eye on the prize. You never know. Never say never is what I'm saying. Never say never. All right. John and I are going to dive into it now. Let's do it. So things are very light in the news department uh, before, you know, right around uh, the first of the year and thereafter, things get pretty quiet. At least most normal years, you'd have CES this week and there'd be all sorts of stuff dropping that are video game adjacent. Like these new TVs will do this. Imagine what gaming will do on them or whatever. Um, And other consumer electronics news. And that's not even happening because that's happening virtually. But next week. And so it's all just a little off. And as a result, there's not a ton of news. Uh, However, I went on a quest this week. And I'll talk about specifics when we get to games we played. But John, I have a bit of a a problem. And you're here to solve my problem today. Okay. I'm great at this. Uh, Good. Here's what I want. I want games with mechs in them. Uh, Big mechs. I don't necessarily want anime Evangelion freaking, you know, that. I don't want that Uh so much. Those are fine and whatever, Gundams, and that's cool. But I like big, dirty, greasy, ancient hardware-looking-ass mechs, like the the freaking Mech Warrior slash Battletech Universe style of mecha. Now, I don't necessarily... That doesn't mean I wouldn't take something cool, but what I'm not looking for is like a Virtua On style, you know, happy anime robot fight game. Right. Um, I want some some good old fashioned stuff, but also I'm in a really big mood lately for turn based combat. And, uh, you know, we've talked about Battletech before. I have been playing that again as a result, but I wanted something new. And I think I may have found it. Again, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. But I'm wondering, because I do this once in a while. I go on a a quest and I have to have all the mech things. And I'll try a bunch out. I'll buy stuff on Steam, sight unseen, and then return it because it sucked. But at least it, you know, I tried. Um, I tried playing, uh, what was it? Um, Oh, geez. Oh, Ace Combat 7 again. Because, yes, I know those aren't robots. But they those games are kind of the same idea, just with jet planes. It's like... I, right. We got to do a mission and save the thing. All right, get in your plane and go do the thing. And then there's a goofy story and, you know, weird future and all that stuff and and whatever. And I got a little bit of that out of there. And I like that game, but it's not wasn't quite touching it. So I, I, I ask you, is there anywhere I haven't scoured to get my mech fix? And also, why aren't there more games with giant mechs in them? You know, that's honestly a really good question, because uh, as I was perusing the notes i was i thought okay well what's what's scott playing i saw one of the games and i didn't recognize the name and so i searched it and i saw it was a mech game and my immediate reaction to seeing it was man i could go for a good mech game right now (laughs) 
Uh, that looks great. Yeah. So now, one, I already want to try one of the games that's on your list because I thought it looked cool. So yeah. I'm curious to hear how it is. Uh, two, I'm also in the mood for it for whatever reason. And three, for some reason, mech games are hard to find really yeah. good ones. Yeah. I don't entirely understand why. Um, this is going to sound very weird, but if I was going to pick my favorite mech game, mm-hmm. it would probably be Into the Breach, which is so far from a mech game mm-hmm. as you would think it. Uh, but that's probably it because they all kind of sort of scratch the itch, but not 100%. I feel like I always have to jump from one to another to get what I'm really looking for out of it. Yeah. Um, I, w- I have another obscure recommendation for you. Okay, go. What, one more thought you might want to give a go on. All right. Uh, actually, I'll give you two. Uh, the first one is Star Wars Squadrons. Mm. Did you dive into that at all? I have it and have yet to hit play. It's installed and everything, just sitting there looking at me. I need to just play it. I don't know why I haven't. I guess, I guess part of me was like, this is a shooter game and it's multiplayer and that's pretty much all you're going to do. But I also keep forgetting there's like a full on single player, you know, thing in there. Uh, I don't you know, for good or for ill, I just have not played it. So are you saying that itch will be scratched by Star Wars? Is that what you're saying? It might. I mean, it's it's hearkening back to the X-Wing and TIE Fighter days. So you've got your diverting power and all of that. It's going to be a little more arcadey. It's designed with, a, you know, a controller in mind as opposed to a big flight stick or anything like that sure. so you you might be able to get a little something out of it um i i don't think you're going to be like oh this is the mech game i always wanted but it's not bad uh the other one is a little weird i don't think it's going to scratch the itch at all but i will remind you they've added mechs to no man's sky oh right I forgot about that. So, okay, got questions about that because I never did do it. I haven't haven't fiddled around with the game to the point that I got a mech. Um, I assume it's like the rest of the game where you probably bump into some artifact and it goes, freaking blah, 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 space talk, yippity yap, and then it'll poop out a little thing and then I'll now have a recipe to start making parts to this thing, right? That's how it's going to go. Yeah, I think you go up to the anomaly. I think you can learn to create a mech up there, and you just find the stuff for it and just fart it out. And then, there you and, go. Got and mech. then, so if I do that, then what? I mean, I'm. I guess. I guess. Let me make this clear. What I am looking for is a PVE style game with mechs in it. Yeah. With that game, which is a primary. I mean, you can co-op with your friends or whatever but it's primarily a single player experience if i'm running around in even creative mode or whatever what am i doing on the ground with a mech that will make it you know scratch that (laughs) nothing you're not gonna that's why i said it's not gonna scratch that itch i mean you can fight things you can find you know the weird looking dinosaur that's walking around and go wow you just got mecked but (laughs) i mean it's not gonna you're not gonna have a cool fight so I'm not going to have the I mean, things I, I want. Like I want overheating and I want left arm versus right arm stuff. And I want yeah. missiles mounted on the top and my body, you know, my body twists this way, but, but I'm looking this way, you know, like, like no. basically what I'm describing is mech warrior, but yeah. we'll get into why you mech warrior five is not doing mech it. warrior. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, mech warrior four. Well, okay. I played mech warrior two back in the day 
pretty heavily mm-hmm. on like a local LAN environment at an office I worked at. And it was heaven. We loved that game. It was great. Loved it. Loved it. And then it just feels like I lost track of whatever happened. So I don't even know what three or four or sorry, three was four. I played a little bit of it, but got distracted and really have just been sort of chomping like, okay, well, I want a modern one of these. And then Mech Warrior 5 comes out, Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries. And in theory, it's everything I'm asking for. Like, in theory, it's all of it. It's the repairs. Yeah. It's the overheating. It's the tactics on the field. It's the the big, the feeling of being in a 30-story monstrosity that just knocks trees down left and right and leaves cities wasted as we run through them and have these battles and stuff. All the stuff I'm looking for is theoretically in that game but that game is not great it's got problems it's even on game pass and free at the moment if you have a game pass and i've been playing it again trying to find the fun it's been out for a while and it's not that it's not fun it's just super janky around the edges like just lots Mm -hmm. of slop and people say well do the mods okay well Great. I like games when they, I like games that come out, you know, finished enough where mods are cool, but they're not the reason you buy the game. And, um, I wish in its vanilla form, it was just a better performing game. Um, I broke it almost immediately by misunderstanding what I was supposed to do with the early mech I got in the game. Cause the way the game works is you have this tutorial and you're in a mech warrior, uh, mech. I forgot what it was called, but this really nice freaking mech that does all kinds of damage and and cool features and stuff. And it has, you know, I don't know, boosters and all this stuff. And that was great during the tutorial. But as soon as the tutorial's over, the story is that I got all banged up and damaged to crap. And so when I went back to home base, they have to put me into repairs. While I do that, they give me this little tiny guy to work with who's fine, but it's like a starter mech. And I got to wait till the big one gets fixed. Or, well, not only that, I can't use it until I'm approved for enough tonnage to be dropped into a mission to have the bigger yeah. mech. I'm just not allowed for more than 30 tons or whatever. And this thing's like 50 tons. And so, uh, that's fine. I'm running around with a little mech doing my thing. And that thing's actually kind of fun and fast and all that's so more of a scout. Uh, the problem is when I got back to the thing, it looked like, Oh, I can do the bigger tonnage. I think now, so I'm going to go in here and mess around. So I started messing around with the loadouts, like what was on what arms and that sort of thing. And I think I broke it. Because I put something that's not supposed to be on an arm on an arm. I think the game assumed I wasn't going to try to fiddle with that until I was got a mission where I needed that mech. I tried to jump the line, basically. Yeah. And as a result, um, it basically made it so I can't use that mech at all now. If I take it out, it just gives me fists because the guns I assigned to it won't work. So then oh, I'm really now weird. doing missions with a little guy that he's not strong enough to finish because I should be on to the big guy by now, but I effed up the big guy. And I don't want to start over. Anyway, it's a long, stupid story. But uh, what I love about that game is the control. I love the slow, methodic, stomping around stuff. The chassis moving in a different direction than your feet. Having to manage all of that. I love that. I think that stuff works really well in the game. The weapon systems are fun to fire and use. The thrusters and like jump stuff is cool. Like the, the, the core meat of it is fine. It's when there's any dialogue or any story or any kind of mission structure where things just get janky and it's just not great. And it bums me out because that should be the game that I'm just slobbering all over. Um, And I tried, I put another, I don't know, two, three hours into a run in that thing. And 
I had fun, but there were just these moments of like supreme frustration. Like like difficulty spikes could be, would come out of nowhere. Um, they'd throw a million tanks at me, and I would barely survive. And in my gamer head, I went, oh, I've done it. I did a thing. Come get me. Extraction point, where are you? And then suddenly the lady would go, your extraction point is now available or whatever. And I'd start walking mm-hmm. that direction, and then it would go, hold on there, mercenary. Turns out there's a freaking mega mech who's pissed as hell and better than you, and he's going to start fighting you now while you're nearly dead and he's full health. I'm like, Really? And then tanks come after he does, like the reinforced tanks. Like I died six times on that mission, and there's no, oh geez. there's no like mid mission saving. You have to start over. And I finally beat it, but it was by the hair of my teeth. And I think I'm pretty good at those games, or at least I used to think I was. But anyway, any at any rate, it just isn't doing it. So you're right. What I'm describing is that, but that is not up to the standard I think it could have been. Yeah. And it's a bummer. And don't tell me about mods. I know they're out there. Most of them are graphical anyway. It's not like it's going to change the gameplay, the core gameplay or the story or whatever. And until somebody does like some custom scenarios, you know, this is the campaign I have. And the instant action is okay, but I don't know. That's just bots. Uh, you know, in a, it's basically an arena fight, which is fine again, but it's not, you know, it's not really what I come come to this for. Um, it's such a weird thing, though. It's yeah. such a it's such a bummer because you don't think that it would be a difficult genre to land. Right. It's like, okay, make a very intentional, controlled first-person shooter, which people love to make anyway. Right. You know? I mean, it, it can't control exactly like a first-person shooter. It could. I mean, people could try it. Mm-hmm. You know, Titanfall kind of got away with that to a degree when you were in the Titans. A little bit, yeah. Um, and I think I think that was effective to a degree. So, you know, come up with a, a you know, rock, paper, scissors method of having the weapons be effective for machine guns and missiles and lasers and all of that. and. Mm-hmm. You know, throw in some powerful melee, some destructible environments, and go. And I think people would be really excited, but nobody seems to make these games. And then when they do, it feels like that's kind of the story, and maybe that's why nobody makes them. You know, maybe they go, well, MechWarrior 5 came out, nobody cared. Right. Well, did nobody care because nobody cares about mech games, or did nobody care because MechWarrior 5 isn't what people wanted? Yeah, that is the question. And and back in the day... Yeah, what we need is wiener sliders. You're right, Laloria, for real, in the chat room. It's missing wiener sliders. Big mecha wieners is what we need. (laughs) Do you want mech wiener one or mech wiener two? Medium, small, or large. Anyway, uh, so so that's funny you brought up Titanfall, because Titanfall 2 is amazing. It's one of my favorite games maybe ever. I love that game. Um, But the mech stuff in it is amazing in single player, and it should be. Because it's narratively important about when you're in it, when you're not, how you work with that character, the character that is your mech. What is it? B-52? What's his name? B- is B-M. it B-T? It's B-something. B-T. B- that's it. B-T. B-T. Yeah. I believe that's right. Bal Tinkle. Tinkle. Anyway. Yep. The, the important part of that when game. You <laughs> that, that game is all about that relationship. And I love that symbiotic relationship. It's amazing. But... At the end of the day, it's treated a little bit like a gimmick and it's very scripted and it's okay. Again, it's a great experience, but I don't look at that and go, man, what a fun mech game that is. I just look at that and go, what a fun game that incorporates this robot I can ride in. And it's amazing for what it is, but it's not a mech game. So what I'm looking for is like 
the the battlefield of the future is a big horrible pockmark in the sky and we're all in it and the only way anyone fights any wars anymore is with giant 50 ton machines that are 200 years old and we're fighting it out in this awful way i never want to get out of the mech i want to be in there all the time and that game is all about getting out and getting in and it does it amazingly because the story the the uh the moment to moment sort of like puzzle traversal of that game wouldn't be the same without this getting get out thing right like that's that's what makes that game special so unfortunately yeah. i have to take that one off the list even though i think it's cool then although could you imagine a yeah. mech game think of like mech warrior right big giant hulking mechs in a city and all of that but at some point you know because it's kind of dirty and grimy these aren't like future nice mechs they're like tanks and stuff Imagine in the middle of a fight with all these behemoth mechs walking around, you have to get out and climb up like a ladder on the side of the mech and do like a manual repair out there just as your fragile little self <laughs> while these giant mechs are stomping around. I think that'd be cool as hell. See, you're describing what I want. That is cool as hell. And in a lot of ways, you do that with certain power-ups and stuff. They just don't have the whole get out of your mech and do it uh, portion of it. But I like that. It's not necessarily an adherence to realism. It's an adherence to... Uh, to world building. It's like, these aren't hard to make you feel like you're playing a simulation. Like people look at them as simulations, like the mech warrior games in particular in the past. And the part of the reason they do that is because it's complicated. You got to keep track of temperature and weapon systems and where they're located and positional tracking and, you know, all this cool stuff, but it's in a science fiction world where there are no such thing as giant freaking mechs. So it's fantasy realism. And I love that big fan. Love it. Crawl out of your mech, climb up a ladder, hope nobody sees you, make a repair, get back in it is a badass concept. It's amazing. I would play whatever game that is, but nobody's making that game. So another example was Hawken. Uh, When it was on PC, I was a fan. It was basically just a multiplayer mech game, but I really liked it. It was fun to control. It had all that kind of slow moving mech stuff, but it was also more action oriented and it was competitive multiplayer. There was no single player element to that game. For some reason, that thing's still on consoles, but they pulled it from PC. It's just weird. I don't know if they just couldn't get enough people playing it or something. But I always held out, held out hope that that game would like build out other modes, have a single player mode or whatever. And it never happened. And that's a bummer because that game had the aesthetic down. And the look and the ideas and just the concepts and world building without even telling a story was all in that game. And it was it was fantastic. So there's another one that almost gets it. See, we're getting to your point about just about touches the sun yeah. and, then, and then moves away. Well, I mean, I think what I think what we all want is I can't remember which Mech Warrior game it was. It might even have been Mech Assault for the Xbox. Mm. Oh, I love uh, that game. So but- good. Those cutscenes that sold you on what the game was, they were so good at selling that idea. Because it'd be things like, you know, a scrappy little wounded mech and it's outgunned and outnumbered and now it has to it has to win by the skin of their teeth. You know, they have to outthink their opponent because they can't outgun them. So it's, you know, doing things like shooting through a building right. to get to the mech on the other side. And it can do that, but the other mechs can't. And you know, you saw these crazy things in those videos and you went, well, that's the game I want to play. And I feel like that's the game they they need to make. You yep. know, I, I want these stomping around the hills and, you know, you feel giant and you're having just cool fights. But I also want the almost submarine style combat. Like, 
Yes. I think that's why people get them mixed with uh, simulations so often is because you don't want in this style of mech game, a mech to have like real easy one-to-one control. You want it to ramp up. You know, when you tell your mech to go forward, you want to feel like it's building momentum and hear the the thuds of the footfall building and building and building. Yeah, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. What you're asking, f- what, what I want is not an arcade twin stick shooter, although I can't say I wouldn't play that. <laughs> no. But, uh, you know what I mean? What I'm what I'm looking for is much more akin to like, oh gosh, I don't even know what to compare this to. It's not like flight simulator for mechs, but I I just want an adherence to that world. Now, right now I'm showing the chat some video from Mech Warrior 4. It's old, it looks like ass, but they had it right when it came to what I'm talking all these things we're talking about. And the mission structure was yeah. very cool. It was intense. Uh the the you know, your ability to sort of target the opposing mechs in places that would destroy them was was very cool. It moved quickly, but also had a heft to it. Five just doesn't achieve this, and it bums me out. So that didn't work for me. Now you jump over to something a little more like, hey, Scott, what do you think about Battletech, the turn-based uh, freaking thing based on the same uh, IP? And I would say, that game's very cool, but it's also goes so far up its own butt in terms of like adherence to the to the tabletop experience like really really it adheres to the tabletop like to a point that's probably great for people that love tabletop battletech but for me it's way too much just way way too worried about those rules and not worried enough about how fun this turn-based game could be so as somebody who really likes XCOM and really likes gears tactics and really likes that kind of stuff um, and I'm in the mood for that lately too, in a pretty bad way. You'd think that that combination would be all that, that I would want. It gets really close, but it's just so freaking hardcore. <laughs> like I, I just need to dial it back a tiny bit, not so much that it takes away the depth, but just enough to quit just being up your own butthole. Cause that, that game's a little bit up its own butt. Um, I mean, you said the magic word to me, which is XCOM with mechs. Yeah. Uh, that would be incredible. I mean, XCOM had, you could build mech units, but I want, you know, full customizable mechs. I want the environment to be entire cities and sections. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it'd be cool. I know. Imagine cool that. cool as hell. Imagine that. So, so I'm, I'm basically telling you all the things I played in, in a way. So when we get to that part of the show, it's mostly about what John's playing. But let me tell you about Phantom Brigade. This is what I looked up, and I thought... Well, I could go for mech games. This looks cool. <laughs> it's really cool. So here's the deal. Phantom Brigade, didn't know about it. Somebody on Twitter, I wish I knew their name. I'd give them credit right now. I apologize if you're listening and I'm not giving you credit. But somebody said, it looks like you might be looking for this. And I'm like, I haven't even heard of this. What is this? It's an early access on the Epic Store. I don't, I don't have, you know, I'm not religious about where I buy my games on PC. Happy to do it if it's cool. Looked at a bunch of videos decided, uh, I think this might be for me. <laughs> so I went and did it. It's 29 bucks. It's in early access, so still plenty of work to do. But it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, it feels like a very finished game, very polished game. But basically imagine top-down, rotatable camera, XCOM-style battlegrounds, okay? Your base is this mobile unit that carries your mechs across the land and all your crew 
and your inventory and, and the stuff you took from the last fights and stuff like that. So you kind of have a home base scenario, uh, upgrades to make there. Some of the loot you got, you can convert to, into new weapons or whatever, or break down into its parts and build other stuff you might need. Repair your mechs. There's a timeline, so you you know you uh, advance time like you would in XCOM. So those kinds of things are all in that. And then when you go to the actual fights, uh, right now I'm very early, so it's just two mechs that get to go on these on these uh, missions. But you take those down there, and that's where things get kind of interesting. So it's like this combination of real-time and turn-based RPG stuff thrown in that I didn't expect. And also, when you hear that, it sounds like that might not be great because what you want is XCOM. You want turn-based. Yeah. I want to select a guy. He's got certain abilities in a mech context. It's like, well, he's got big missiles mounted on his back. I want to use those as artillery for those dudes in the back. Hey, everybody in the back of the room, look out. Here comes the artillery, right? And then you target him. Ooh, 85%. All right, sweet fired off and see some cool animation of it happening. I know that's what you want. That is also what I want. So what I just described sounds like you may not get that, but you do, but you just get it a little differently. So here's how it works. If I can explain this, it's kind of tricky. The game starts in turn-based mode. You're just all frozen, you know, and there's like, let's say a tank and an enemy mech come in your, your direction. Everything's based on a timeline, almost like a video timeline. And like, you know, you're making a video, editing a video. So you've got, you know, right. your cuts and everything. And you can tell by, by scrubbing up and down this timeline where the mechs and tanks and enemies are. And then if you scroll forward, where, they, where they'll be. So you see kind of a hmm. ghost version of them. go Like you can tell where they're going to head. And you now get to do the same thing. So you're like, all right, he's going to go up on that ridge, which gives him a little bit of height advantage. I need to kind of get around there and shoot him from behind or whatever. You now take your mech, click him. You get a context menu. One of them is run. You hit the run button. And then you basically have, think of it as action points, except it's it's like time points. You have so far that you can run during the time you're allotted that will transpire here in a minute. But right now you're just planning for it. So let's say I just want to, draw myself up here behind the guy and along the way I will have time to shoot him three times as I'm running. I'll rotate and go and I can set where those points are and it will tell me what my percentage chances are of hitting him at that point of the movement, which also corresponds with where they're going to move. And so I basically try to plan out um, a, a, a route and doing stuff on my way. It can be a lot of other stuff too, like, melee and shielding and just other stuff. But uh, let's say you just want to shoot and you have two different kind of weapon types and you take your mechs and you do, you take both of them, think of some cool tactics, plan out your routes. And at the bottom, again, you can see this timeline. So now that you've planned that all out, when you scrub it, you not only see where their movement was going to be no matter what, but now you're seeing what you've told it to do. So you're seeing like, oh, I'm going to go, you kind of follow it both ways. Then you hit engage and suddenly your mechs go as they run past and do their thing. And it's all very cool and dynamic and action oriented. It's very, uh, I don't even know what to compare these robots to. It is, it is kind of a combination of like the battle tech style and, and a, and a more Japanese style. They've kind of met in the middle a little bit in terms of the style of these robots. It's a little, they're a little cleaner, a little more 
agile looking, you know, lo- longer legs yeah. and bigger limbs and that kind of thing, not big giant truck heads and stuff like that. Um, so I think you'd actually like it from just knowing your aesthetic. But but anyway, they they run their routes and the opposing uh, stuff you're killing does their thing, whatever they were going to do as well. And if you're playing with good tactics, maybe you have, you ran past some cover during the part where he was going to shoot you, but because you went past cover and he didn't know, he's just going to hit that cover and miss you. And therefore, you're going to take less damage or no damage, but you've also taken your three pot shots around the cover, and by the end, you've got one final shot to shoot, and they're losing an arm, or you've knocked down a bunch of their hit points. Uh, they do have the whole, like, you know, your arms are kind of separate life points from your torso and all the stuff you do in these games. Um, and then when that's done... The timeline runs, all the damage is dispensed, everything happens, the positions are there, and then the timeline goes and stops again. So basically it's turn-based, but it's got the... It's hard to explain. It's got this thing. Well, it's almost like D&D time, where it's like... it. It's not really, yes. it's like, what can you squeeze into this chunk of time? Yes. You know, it's it's a time economy, not really like... I mean, they break it down into actions, but, you know, what can you fit in this bit of time? Yeah, the, the, yeah I have. I think that sounds super cool. It's really cool. I have a finite number of actions. It's not even a finite number. It's just, I want to go this far, and I want to shoot him twice. Can I do that? Oh, I can if I do it here and here. And, and you're, you know, selecting the enemies and stuff. And at first, it takes a bit to get used to, because this is like a kind of a, a weird new way of playing this kind of game. So you do have to kind of think about it differently than you would just a uh, movement points. Then I have three action points and then now it's the next guy's turn. doesn't really work that way. You can, you can kind of just play within this stuff. And if you go over your timeline, that's okay. It just means the next turn, anything you assign it, it will have to happen after the stuff you've already assigned it, or you have to cancel that stuff out. And you can do that. You can commit to a route and a bunch of firing and go, Oh, you know what, though? That's a bad idea because I forgot about these three tanks back here. You just go left, uh, sorry, right click out uh, the, the timeline and just r- remove the, the, it's like undo buttons. Um, you can't undo the actual attack once you've executed it, but right. all of the timeline choices that you lock in, you can totally just fiddle with until you're happy. Um, I could see some that people. That seems just, neat. Oh, yeah, it's really neat. That sounds neat. like you could do like a run almost and have one of those cool moments where, I mean, like we were talking about, those cinematic moments that you see where somebody does a run and they're shooting people as they go by and doing a cool move anticipating, uh, you know, what's going to be the response to them and all of that. I think that sounds awesome. It's I'd love rad. to see XCOM experiment with something like that. I would too. That If I had any, well, I don't really have any complaints yet because I'm not that far, but um, I hope they give it that level of customization. Like I, was th- I always think about this now because you always tell me it, but like, as far as I know, I can't just rename my mechs and my people or any of that stuff yet. Uh, or do much in terms of like cosmetic changes or any of that. That would be really cool if all that came in there. I haven't looked at their roadmap, so who knows? Maybe they have that plan, but just a really clean, good-looking game, great music, great sound. The actual fights look heavy and intense, even though this is sort of a top-down, three-quarter view 3D game. Uh, it still has that heft to it. And them choosing not to just simply do movement and shoot 
type tactics you would get in something like XCOM is both daring and I think it actually works. Like it makes me feel like I'm doing something new and different, but also getting that itch scratched, which is sort of take my turn. It's just that they're also taking their turns when I take my turns because it's all when I hit go, whatever the AI is doing is doing it when I'm doing what I'm doing. And there's no like enemy turn uh, type thing. It's just all of us go once I've decided what our routes are. I think it's very cool, and I think this may be the one that finally scratches enough of what I'm itching for for a little while here. Um, like I said, it's early access, so probably got bugs and things I'm not aware of yet. I hear there's some difficulty spikes later in the game that that maybe need some ironing out. Um, I suspect there'll be more than just this campaign mode at some point in terms of uh, just playing the game in, in different scenarios because because they are there's procedural generation going on in a bunch of this and that seems to be working great so far. So anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a fat thumbs up for now. Cause I think so far so good. Uh, if you don't mind buying stuff on that store, I hate that. I hate that qualification when people ask, where'd you get it? Oh. You don't have to put that qual- Let people decide that on their own. I mean, yeah. I think it's good to tell people what store it's on. Cause I've, Certainly heard people gush about a game and gone, is it on the Epic Store? No, it's not there. Is no. it on Steam? No, it's not yeah. there. Yeah. Is it on uh, you know, the Microsoft Plus? No, it's not there. Right. <laughs> and then just go, where's this game? Yeah. Uh so I, I think it's I think it's fine to just say, you know, it's on the Epic Store. Go check it out. And if people have a problem with it being on the Epic Store, then you know. That's their decision. I have no problem. It doesn't bother me at all. It's, it's just like if people don't like mech games, you know, they're going to hear that and go, well, that's not a game for me. I'm not going to do anything about it. If yeah. people don't like the Epic Store, they're going to hear it and go, oh, it's not a game for me. I'll feel a little bad so. for some people who are hearing this. If you if you came into today's show as a, you just like you hate everything about mech games, man. Boy, boy, am I sorry about the last half hour. But uh, if you, if any of this rings a bell for any of you, then just know that that thing looks like it's, the real deal. And it just so happens that I was in the mood for, for, for both of these things. And truthfully, Battletech should be giving me both these things, these feelings of big, massive, but there's something about that thing. That's just so much like the board game or the tabletop experience again, which I'm sure is great, but I'm just not, I'm not into games that are so adherent to the source material that they've stopped being a better video game so that they can be, closer to the original i just think there's opportunity there and it's a fine line and i get it and it's hard and no skin off all their nose there's a lot to love about that game it's just a little heavy for me right now so gonna recommend it phantom brigade available now all right i kind of talked about most of what i play but we'll get to that other stuff in a minute did you know microsoft tried to buy nintendo do you know about this? I guess this? I'm not surprised. It was one of those things where I went, huh. And then I went, well, that, I guess that makes sense. Sort of. Yeah. We knew, we knew a long time ago that they were getting along and talking and, you know, they were letting apps appear on each other's platforms and stuff like that. And, and so we certainly knew that their relationship was good, but I didn't know that Microsoft tried to buy them. <laughs> they did. And apparently they got laughed out of the room. Uh, Nintendo was not having it and probably for the best, but this was a long time ago. This is like back when they were entering the, the console world in general. 
And of course they did that. They had a lot of money and they were like, well, how do we get a, a fast start? I mean, it's not a not a bad idea to take the previous, let's see, what, what would the previous generation have been? N64? Yeah. Take that generation's, you know, darling in terms of a couple of games and how well they were received, but not necessarily the sales leader, but this big, long history. Like, I get why Nintendo would be a attractive purchase for somebody like Microsoft in the early 2000s. But- yeah, and they were certainly trying to figure it out. I mean, they... They have said they aren't overly proud of the GameCube, although I liked the GameCube. I'm not Mm going to besmirch the GameCube at all, but they weren't super proud. They didn't feel it was innovative. They thought it was just chasing the tail of the competition, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, ever since then, they've kind of blazed their own trail and it's made sense. But Microsoft has tried very, very hard to break into uh, a Japanese audience owning Nintendo might have done that for them. Yeah. Uh that's true. to some degree. So, uh I don't I don't blame them, but I also don't blame for Nintendo for laughing at them. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, I don't think I would have done it if I were them. They're just I mean, it, it was a different time then, of course, but uh like today their valuation would be I don't think Microsoft could afford them now, but um no. But even at the time, I think maybe um there's some of this is written up, so there's actual details that we're not getting into here, but you got to wonder if some of this wasn't them thinking, well, at the time, what was Nintendo's biggest problem? Nintendo's biggest problem was no longer Sega. It was, it was Sony and Sony in the PS one and 64 era and PS certainly PS two and GameCube era was just eating their cheese. And that was a real flip for them. And they had this previous thing they were working on together called PlayStation. That was supposed to be an add on for the SNES and there was going to be this great collaboration between this electronics giant and Nintendo. And then it all fell apart and everyone's pissed. Like Microsoft probably thought they could sneak in there and go, you want to get back at Sony? <laughs> you want to get them? Yeah. I think there may have been some. Uh, I don't know. I think Nintendo now, and I mean, Nintendo then probably a slightly different story, but Nintendo now they could bungle things pretty bad. Yeah. Nintendo could pretty much put out a console that sinks the company. I mean, in a way, they did. The Wii U certainly didn't set the world on fire. Yeah. Uh, but they could they could create a console that actively came out and slapped your parents. <laughs> and <laughs> they would then still be okay if they just turned around and said, okay, well, we'll sell the IP rights to our characters and games. Oh yeah. Like they have such a brand value on just their properties alone Yeah, that they have to be considered one of the most valuable gaming companies, even without taking into account hardware. Yeah. So even account take, even if you don't take into account the massive success that is the switch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, by every measure, that thing is a massive success take that away even and it's still boggling how much that stuff's worth on its own just mario by himself let's a go he'd say let's a go yeah they can give away luigi oh hell yeah like (laughs) you can just we'll we'll give them to you somebody should have made did everyone anyone ever make um you know those garfield uh stick them on your window things back in the 80s and 90s like the you'd see them in people's cars they had like suction cups on or whatever you know what i'm talking about yeah. Um, they should have done a, a uh, Luigi one when Mario Kart came out and he was making all those pissed faces. 
that would have been an opportunity to just make like his face like pressed up against a window and looking at people as they drove by would have been just that's a make it look like it's just the head peeking over the window. Yeah, I would have bought one of those. Good, they'd yeah. have had my money. Uh, um, that's the thing. Nintendo can do whatever they want. They just, I mean, Nintendo is Nintendo is like video game Disney, they've just got such brand recognition on their properties alone that it's insane to think i mean in a lot of ways they are the anti-microsoft like yeah. they have so much valuable ip that you know they they could recover from a pretty devastating thing they still get us to buy all their old games again that's like, true well now we're gonna put out a tiny nintendo you can you can play all those games and pay us for them again we're like okay well sure it's tiny sure that looks small and cool they do the same thing. Is it going to have an inconvenient cord that makes it nearly impossible <laughs> to play in a living room? Yes, it does. Oh, great. I guess I'll it. have to buy a cord extension for that, too. <laughs> You're not wrong. They can repackage all of it. They did a, I mean, the, that version of uh, Wind Waker on the Wii U was amazing. It was an amazing port of that game. And why they're not already just printing money with it on the Switch, I don't know. But, like, that whole library, they have so much back catalog alone they can repackage and resell. And people will pay for it. They will buy this shit. If they said, hey, we're doing a Legend of Zelda collection. Yeah. It's going to be $200, but you get every Zelda game that's ever been made. I'd be like, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'd buy it. I'll do whatever you want. In a heartbeat. Yes. I want to have access to all Zelda games. And I already do in some capacity for a lot of them. The original Legend of Zelda. Like, I have one of those mini SNES uh, somewhere around my house. It seems to have more games than they claimed initially. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. I got a special one, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I've got ways to play a lot of things. And even then, if they were, they said, "Hey, all the Zeldas, two hundred bucks," I'd be like, "Yes, yeah, right now." I'd do I'd it in a heartbeat. And this, and, give and you my the, money. the other two big names in gaming don't have that. Like Microsoft cannot say for two hundred dollars, we'll give you every Halo game. I mean, they're already kind of doing that with Game Pass. So why <laughs> yeah, would you saying give us give us five dollars a month? Yeah, we'll you give, give us five Halo bucks, game. I'll give you that whole damn thing. But but if they weren't, I don't like that's not a great sale. Uh, saying, and we'll throw in all five Gears of War games. Still not enough for $200, I don't think. Same with Sony. There's nothing they could do where I'd say, oh, yeah, that that bundle's worth 200 I can't think they of it. They tried. Anymore. They made a mini PlayStation, and they now are trying to give it to people. That thing sucked. They're just like, you can use it if your table wobbles. You could put it under a table leg and it'll hold it up. And people are like, man, I don't know. What a bummer that mini thing was. It's still What stands. version of the controller is it? Is it the DualShock? No, no it's the original. It's nah, the original because everyone wants that, right? They all want the nostalgic. No, we don't. We want the dual, dual stock shock. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, so, yes, yeah, so, Sega has chat room says Sega has Sonic. And you're right. Like. That's not enough to roll, uh, burn the world down. But you could argue that neither of the two giants we have now have anything close to that. Maybe Master Chief and maybe Nathan Drake, I guess. Yeah. Maybe maybe Kratos, but that wasn't always true. Kratos is freshly happy these days. 
Like there was a I time will there. say the um the packing game for the PS5 uh, oh, the, the little Astro robot kid. game. Yeah, robot has bag. a lot of nostalgic call- callbacks for PlayStation, and it will make you appreciate their legacy. Yeah, but it's not the same as what Nintendo could do. No, the Nintendo is a different bag of chips. It just is. It always has been. No matter where they're at in terms of market share, it didn't matter when it came to their their original properties. Are just it's insane what they hold, and I'm ready for that two hundred dollar freaking master pack of uh, Zelda games. Let's do it. Make it happen. Yeah. I'll finally play like Skyward's uh, Sword or whatever it was called. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Do you think Skyward Sword would be good without the Wii Motion Plus behind it? Um, I mean, let's say that shows up on Switch. Your options are either make people use the screen because of touch and that's how you aim or... Yeah adapted to controller if they could i see the problem is i never played it so i don't know how they would adapt it because i don't know how it played um i would assume they'd have to adapt it like they did this stuff for uh um mario galaxy they had to they had to adjust for how that second remote worked which i did not like at all no it's not good on those ports it Mm. was like hey you can do this thing it's like well why would i this this doesn't work yeah, what they should have done there, in my opinion, is just make that a forget about all that stuff. Just take it out of the game and just make it a, yeah. a really great platformer because it is, and you don't need that other stuff at all. Um, but yeah, like them, they, they sometimes they tie even their best stuff to gimmicks on the machine, and that's a bummer because when that stuff goes away, like all the things that all the all the games during the Wii era that were great don't translate well to future stuff. A couple do like the Mario side scroller stuff, new super Mario brothers series, which I always enjoyed those, those move forward just fine. But anything that used Wii motion or Wii motion plus just forget it. Like you, you've, you've made a horrible mistake or you, or you figure out a way to translate it and make it work better. Um, same Wii U, same thing. They had a lot of weird stuff like that in the case of the switch. Um, it's like they went back and just said, hey, what if this just played video games? How about that? Like, yeah. what if it just had sticks and buttons? And what if the screen, you could touch it, but it really doesn't matter in gameplay. And boy, howdy, when that happened, I was super stoked because I just went, oh, all right. Now your games can move forward again. <laughs> you don't have to get tied up in your freaking, uh, you know, your, your whatever exclusive that console gimmick was. I guess there's some with the Wii, or it was, excuse me, with the Switch. Like, uh, some stuff can be docked. Oh, yeah, and some the stuff can't. that uses the Rumble Plus or whatever. Yeah. There's bits of it, but I, I mean, it's hard to say because there are times where that innovation is so good. I mean, I had a Wii U. I played one game for it, I owned one game for it. What was it? And it was Mario Maker. Oh, yeah. And that game worked great for the Wii U. It was sure. the perfect game for that console. It came out with a version on Switch, and it wasn't the same. Yeah, it it just it was designed for that console. It was perfect for that console, and outside of it, it worked. I'm not going to say that it was a terrible experience. It just wasn't exactly the same, and it it wasn't as good. And you don't want to tell Nintendo, well, don't innovate and don't create experiences that are perfect for the console you've made. But I'm also kind of with you, like. It's such a bummer when it feels like it's just a flash in the pan. Like Mario Maker was a thing that I did from this period of time to this period of time, and then I never did it ever again. Right. Is that really the only game you had on there? 
you know what you should get then um, when it comes out. My understanding is it's it's there's no no weirdness in the conversion, uh, like you you know like you were talking about there with Mario Maker, but that Mario Super Mario 3D Land, Super Mario 3D Land Two, what was it called? The one that's coming out next month. Yeah, it's a basically it's a remake of the Super Mario 3D Land game that was technically a sequel to 3D Land on 3DS is amazing that is an amazing yeah. mario game it is so good gosh dang it i i'm re- actually legit stoked about that because i am ready to play that again so now well, that i'm I think with you i want the i want the prettier version of wind waker to come out on yes. switch too because i forgot that that was a wii u game and i went to buy it after i got my switch <sighs> i bought a couple games right out of the gate and i i thought well i want a zelda and i thought about getting breath of the wild and i went Oh, but there's that remake of Wind Waker. Wind Waker's just one of the best Zeldas ever, if not the best. Wait, let me find it. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Oh, shit. That was Wii, <laughs> that was Wii U. I missed my opportunity to have a second Wii U game. That's my favorite Zelda game by a mile. I love it. I love it. I love it more than all other Zelda games, and I would totally take another port. I had the Wii U version. I just sold that a month ago on eBay for 30 bucks. Um, which I was surprised it went for that much. It was in great condition though, but I sold it there because I'm not, I don't use the Wii U at all anymore. And I'm like, well, let's just get rid of some of these games. And that was one of them. So I owned that. I had the Mario 3d land world thing. And I had cart eight, which was basically what deluxe is now on the switch. And I had one other game. Don't remember the other one, but uh, whatever that was, I had, Anyway, what a weird time. Three the the Wii U, uh, hell of a thing. Strange times indeed. <laughs> um, what else? They oh, there's rumors that Ubisoft subscription service, which is currently called Ubisoft Connect, or what is it? Is it Connect? Is is the whole thing where they you sync your games and other stuff? So it's not necessarily the subscription, but whatever it is, I forget what it's yeah. called. Plus Ubisoft Plus, Ubi Plus. That sounds right. Somebody's everyone's using plus now, so I don't know. But anyway, there's uh some rumors floating around that seem like they might have some some uh weight to them, suggesting that subscription service will also be joining Game Pass. Now, the one part you haven't heard about these rumors is does that mean like EA Play, they will roll it in at no additional cost to us, or will this be an add-on service the way that Amazon Luna is doing it? which they are doing with Ubisoft. You you basically do it like you would a cable channel and you pay whatever your basic price is, but then you're like, oh, do you want HBO or Showtime on that? It's an extra $7.50 a month and you tack it on. I don't know if that's what they're planning on doing here. I really hope it's rolling it in for no additional charge. That would be insane, an insane yeah. thing. But here's if the- it was no additional charge, I'd lose my mind. Even if it's just a little bit more, I'd probably do it. I play a shocking amount of Ubisoft games is what I've learned I do, I do recently. Because yeah. I went, I don't need another service. And then I proceeded to buy three Ubisoft games and went, I would have saved a lot of money. <laughs> I know. I kind of wish I would have done that too. But having bought uh, Valhalla, uh Watch Dogs Three or Legion and the new and this Phoenix Rising game, those alone I could have. I mean, I, I could still be on my s- second month or whatever. Like I, I would have spent thirty bucks already or whatever. But 
But maybe, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'm glad I own those. I don't know. And also maybe if they roll this in now as an add-on, I won't be as interested because I'm already playing all the games I want to from them. But if they roll it in, that's huge. That's a big deal. Yeah. Gigantic deal. I thought the EA play thing was a big deal. But, you know, EA, they haven't they're not they haven't exactly <laughs> Oh, now we're just judging the companies. I mean, you know what I mean? Like their game, like for example, EA Play before it was rolled in and now it isn't even the latest stuff necessarily. They kind of pick and choose that way. So it's not the latest Madden. Not that I care about Madden that much, but it's not the latest 2021 Madden. It's not the latest NHL game or their FIFA game. Three of their biggest franchises on consoles. It's last year's games and they're and that's fine they're good still and that's great but it's not the cutting it's not like day and date the way that game pass is for microsoft games where if gears 5 comes out day and date that's what you play when halo infinite comes out day one it's yours that's not what they're doing over there at ea so i don't know i don't know what it looks like with ubisoft if it's their newest stuff if it's a back catalog if it's a combination of those things i don't know but i'm all in on that that would be great yeah. Great. Bring it on. Let's roll all these into one thing. So I'm paying 15 bucks for all the video games ever made. How it's about weird that? that it's going the other way of Netflix. It feels like yeah. like Netflix came out and was like, we're everything. And then everybody went, we could have our own. Yeah. I assume that's how they sounded when they decided this. <laughs> it could be us. We, we could, could have a streaming it. service. <laughs> yeah. People like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. We'll make and a whole streaming it. service around Star Trek exclusivity. <laughs> and then it didn't really work very well. Well, they did all right. The Star Trek things are fine. Nerds. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. People watch those shows. But, I'm uh, just again. I just assume that's that's how it sounds in my head. So that's how I assume <laughs> it went. But they all split off, and now in this case, we had a bunch of people come out and go, "We're doing our own service, and we're doing mm-hmm. this, we're doing that," and now they're all kind of starting to unify under this uh, Netflix style Game Pass banner of like, "Yeah, we'll put all our stuff there." Sure. Yeah, not? but even but even in the case of Microsoft, it's <laughs> this would be like Netflix going. Uh, we have originals and all these other things. Come pay us our one monthly fee and we'll give you all access to all these games. But then that would be the same as if Netflix did that. Here's all these movies and all these original shows that only only we've made. So you can only get them here. But we're going to go ahead and put them on Hulu, too. That's kind of what they're doing with Steam, although you pay for it over there. But Microsoft's putting everything on Steam now. It's like that's all on. Well, on the PC side of things on Steam and Epic, like they're kind of having this this moment of like, just get it everywhere. Here's all the... Pl- Go get it. Oh, you're super dedicated to Steam? Cool. Gears Tactics is on there. Go there if you want. Oh, you don't like them? You'd prefer Epic? Sweets over there, too. Oh, you have an Xbox? Well, guess what? For 15 bucks, you can get it. Or you can just pay for it over here if you want. Or how about on Game Pass on PC? Like, they're just... Don't... Those walls are weirdly down in a way that I didn't see coming. Didn't yeah. see it coming. Anyway. And they're making money off of it. Yep. I know somebody, I know two somebodies who bought and paid for the complete Master Chief collection on Steam to play together. And I thought, could have done that. You get the, the Game Pass. But they did it <laughs> and they knew about the Game Pass. So, you know, there's still people out there that want to have the purchase, that want to have it. They don't want the mm. monthly payment and all of that. And Microsoft's like, oh, you want to you pay us for this thing? Sure. 
Go you ahead. Wanna, you but wanna, you will get no complaint from us. Yeah. You want to go buy this in a box at a Target? Go ahead. Like they don't care. <laughs> there's don't something pull our leg. I oh boy. There's, there's something. What a rough thing. <laughs> there's something really freeing about it. And uh, also, I, I acknowledge they are in a unique position to do this. Their pockets are so freaking deep that they can take the early hit on this. That it must be. It must be. Especially when you just shelled out nearly eight billion dollars for Bethesda, and you don't even have anything to show for that yet. <laughs> like. Those pockets go way across the world and back down again. Sony can't necessarily do that, not in the same way. Nintendo can't do that. Like it's they're in a unique position, and and this is this is the this is the world they want. So so far, I'm in. It just feels ridiculous <laughs> to me. Yeah, like just ridiculous to me. My daughter is completely hooked. They end up getting an S for Christmas, and um. She is just completely obsessed with Astroneer. You know that game. Yep. You and I played it on PC. Uh, I think since early access, I had it for a real long time. Anyway, it's on Game Pass, and it looks amazing on there. And she's just completely hooked on it. And she's just doing the Game Pass thing. So anyway, we're in weird times. Uh, what else? Oh, that uh, we didn't ever talk about it, but we should at least mention it. You know, that KFC console thing that happened. Well, some people were confused uh-huh. about it because they thought, well, can I buy one of these? No, it was a freaking prototype. They were never going to sell these. Um, getting FCC approval on a device that plays your video games and plugs into your television or a screen, but also warms your chicken, your greasy, freaking drippy chicken. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> It's not going to happen. It's like, never going to happen. People were like, man, this is finally a console for me. Why can't I get this? Yeah. I do need to keep my chicken warm while I play video <laughs> games. And I'm happy that a manufacturer finally spoke directly to me. Yeah. We finally got what we've been asking for all these years. A console game console that warmed your damn chicken. So they did their thing. Doesn't cook your chicken. Yeah. Just keeps it warm. Yeah. Just keeps it warm. Again, they want you to go to KFC. So... And it's not a lot of space, by the way. It's like a little drawer that holds, I don't know, you might be able to get like three piece, three Kentucky Fried Chicken sized pieces of chicken on there. And they just sit in there and, 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 the, and the, the thing running, like actually heat generated, I think the heat generated from CPU, GPU is what is keeping your chicken warm. <laughs> so your chicken's like a heat sink, <laughs> basically. It sounds great. I mean, I want this prototype not to play on it. I just want it, just to have it. Yeah, and it, it's not going to happen. Microsoft or uh, Microsoft uh, McDonald's turned around and did the same thing. Did you see theirs? I didn't see the McDonald's one. What did the McDonald's one do? McDonald's console. Let me find this real fast. Uh, KFC blah, 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 blah. McDonald's menu. Nope, that's not it. Here it is, is it is the McDonald's experience with the console that you order it and then you just don't know what part of the PC isn't going to be in it when they give it to you? Uh, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying is you can't. <laughs> you get it home and it's just a surprise. Oops, they forgot to put the RAM in here. I guess I got to go buy RAM. Oh, that's really funny. Um, why can't I find this? I saw a picture of it. Okay, KFL, KFC, da, da, da. Um, KFC made a console. McDonald's sells Spam Burger. Not that. That's not what I want. I can't find it now. Did someone just make this up and I thought it was real? I thought McDonald's had one and it looked kind of cool, but I don't think it. I don't think it warmed anything. 
<laughs> no, it didn't. No. Did I ever tell you I got a McDonald's hamburger? I, th- I went there. All I ordered was a hamburger. Okay. I didn't order anything else. Okay. And the thing they didn't put on it was the meat. Oh, my Lord. What? It was a bun, cheese, pickles, and ketchup. And that was <laughs> all that was in there. All right. Be honest, though. Did you eat it? No. Oh. Because <laughs> I, t- I didn't. Because that was not the part of the McDonald's that I, it was part of it. Yeah. It's not but the I was part so shocked. Yeah. I was so shocked that how do you miss that part? Yeah. Of all, of everything that's not in there. I get it when the pickles are missing. I get it if right. the mustard didn't get put on. Like those make sense to me. The one part of the hamburger, the burger part, not in there. What the frick? Yeah. And I know the meat there is not great, but still you expect it to be in there. Yeah, but I ordered it. Like, yes, look, you ordered it. We can go over the mistake of eating at McDonald's to begin with, but once you've already made that mistake, you should at least get what vaguely what you ordered, and the meat should be a part of it. I agree. You're in, you're in. That's how that should be. Um. Okay. What else? That's pretty much it. I kind of want one of these, and now I want chicken, and that's not good. What is good is talking about other games that we played. I should mention, uh, aside from Mech Warrior, Five Mercenaries, Phantom Brigade, Battletech, and a couple others I didn't even bring up here, uh, including, by the way, the free game that's on Epic right now is called Oh Sunless Sky. Crap, what's that called? It's a uh, it's a lot like FTL. Sunless Sky is it? Ah, shite. I don't remember the name of the damn game. Nope, it's not Sun the Sky. That is a game, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. I was going to say, it sounds like a real game I've heard of, but... Mm, shoot. I'm gonna, I got to find it because I really, really quite like it. Here it is. Crying Suns. That's it. Crying Suns. Popular space RPG. Free for the taking. It's, bit, it's a bit like... Uh, so, so this is normally like a $24 or $29 game. It's got this great... Retro aesthetic, but also very cool kind of, I don't know, cyber rad uh, thing going on. Um, dark Star Trekky kind of vibe to it. And it's FTL in some ways. So it's like, here's a grid, travel to the system, do stuff in the system, move on to the next one before this creeping horror comes and starts taking out systems behind you, which is very FTL. But the actual experience in the systems is very different. You have individual battles with ships and other uh, you know pirates and stuff like that. That happens here and there. You have different systems on the ship like uh, guns and uh, frigates and stuff to send out and fight the battle for you. The battles sometimes involve trying to get through some asteroid fields and stuff like that. It's all presented in this very cool little thing. And that's a little bit like FTL, but a little bit more like... Um, it feels kind of like a tactical... I don't know. It's hard to explain. But that one's really cool. It's like a real-time tactics kind of thing. Uh, for that and then there's tons of story stuff like sir we found the wreckage of a thing and all the people in the game go it's like you know like space uh, animal crossing kind of and uh, they tell you these things like there's an anomaly aboard the ship what do you want to do do you want to send guys in there do you want to scan the ship first do you want to ask your robot dude for advice you can make these different choices so kind of rpg choices and when you choose them the outcomes could be great you may end up getting a ton of fuel or a ton of money and scrap or whatever from doing that, or you may lose six of your crew members because you're because it was real bad over there. Um, you scan planets, go on expeditions on the planets, and see what you can find down there. And they have different levels of difficulty, and your crew uh, can sometimes take damage, and that's bad because in the next battle you they may you may lose them. And 
anyway, it's a very rad thing and free, so get it, is what I'm saying. I just did. It's very cool. On your recommendation, I took care of it. I think you'll like the... There's something about the t- the tone and vibe I think you'd really jam on. It's re- it's really cool. Anyway, it's roguelikey too in the sense that you know, if you die you got to it's FTL in that way too, I guess. There's a lot of FTL in this, but FTL is an amazing game, so if you're hearing this going, "Ooh, I could use more of that kind of thing," then this is definitely that with a huge dose of um paint like it just looks cool like really cool the sounds really cool the music's cool it's my kind of space which is just dark and gritty and space horror and you know freaking event horizon style stuff i love that okay uh outside of that more phoenix rising and loving that it's great uh continue to make progress there and then i'm continuing to play wow but i will say this and i'll talk more on friday in a more uh complete way but I think I hate Torghast. I think I hate Ooh. it. I think I loved it at first, and I think now it is a slog with very low rewards, and I feel very unmotivated to spend much time in there or the Ma in general. Uh, th- I'm hitting the same point with you. I mean, I don't want to steal Friday's Thunder, but it's one of the games I've been playing, too. Yep. Uh, Torghast has a real reward problem. Because I made my legendary item and I don't necessarily feel compelled to go through the process of upgrading it and doing all of that, which means the rewards in there are completely uninteresting. And I, I want, I like the concept. I like the idea. I like getting cool powers and breaking my wow character in a fun way. That is, that's fun. I mean, that's what gets me to play Diablo is the fact that, Diablo lays out these specific rules. This is how your class plays. This is what you do. And then you get legendary gear and you break it. And all of a sudden you do really cool stuff. Uh, it's a it's a great cycle. But there's a purpose to it. And you get loot in Diablo. And you work towards goals in Diablo. And unfortunately in WoW, its impact is very minimal. And as a result, I'm in the same boat. Uh, so far, this is the first week where I didn't go right to Torghast to run all my stuff there. I still have put it off. I will probably run it for the week to do the kind of bare minimum. Yeah. But the rewards are so bad in there that I I just don't care. And And what I don't get is why they feel that it's no problem that every single day up on my little world quest board, I can invest 15 minutes of time and get a piece of gear for my character. Mm-hmm. But if I go into Torghast and invest 30 to 45 minutes running something that's really challenging me, that walking away with nothing is, well, it's built the way it should be built. Yeah. No, that's I don't how, like that's it. How it go. I even just want gold. Like, whatever, just like give me something. Instead, I just feel like I like, like, the loop of it is fine on its own. But what makes a good roguelike loop is rewarding gameplay. And without that, you just feel like you're spinning your wheels in there. Yeah. There's no loop to it because the, the loop to get better at Torghast is go play other aspects of World of Warcraft. Yeah. And what's the encouragement to then come back into Torghast at that point? If you're going to make me go out and play the other elements of the game, which, you know, they shouldn't say, okay, well, all you have to do is Torghast now. But 
you know, if you're going to send me out there, well, why am I coming back? Right. And they haven't given a compelling answer for that. And I, I feel like they really need to. And I'm 100% with you on the Maw, too. The Maw is a place I still am baffled because every now and then they'll throw up a daily quest yeah. where you need a group to complete it. Or it's not a daily, it's a, it's your weekly quest. And they'll go, hey, go here. You need a group to complete this. But their group system is completely busted. Because if you do the group finder to join a group to fight giant robot, yeah. there's a chance that they might have war mode enabled. Yeah. So then you go, okay, I got to look for one without war mode. But they still do separate phasing. So you still might not get put into a group that's in your phase. And if you aren't, the solution it offers is, Go to a capital city or a safe space to get in the same phase. Mm -hmm. Well, getting around the mall is such a pain in the butt. You can't easily do that. Mm -hmm. And it's not like people are going to just casually happen by because if you're in the mall for too long fighting stuff, it literally will eventually get to the point where it just kills your character for being there. Yeah. So you're just sitting there like, well, wait a minute. Who designed this? Who thought about this? What's going on? You've created a place where storyline wise, I'm not supposed to be and that's fine. But then you're putting in content that requires people to be hanging out and wanting to help one another. Right. Right. That makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me either. I don't like it. And I, and I think they can tweak it though. I think it's very tunable. So I'm not like down on it in a major way, but I think that some of that stuff just needs attention and, and maybe they're giving it to it. Maybe they aren't. But even if there were just like random treasure chests that weren't, there are some, I mean, but it's all just soul ash stuff and, and, and the currency in there, whatever it's called. I forgot what that's called where you can buy yeah, it. I got my third one of those where it was like a cache of a fallen adventurer or something like that. Mm. Got my third one since the expansion came out and it had some items that sell for a collective total of uh, about 70 gold. Oh my Lord. That's not, <laughs> like, that's not great. It's like, Okay, this is this is what you're really holding out on yeah. uh, is this. And I still like the expansion. I actually think the weekly progress of your covenant story and that system is really quite good. And it has kept me interested in the end game far more and for far longer than any other expansion has. Because usually this would be about the point where I'm going, ah, I think maybe I check out a wow. And I'm still logging in every day doing doing something. Um, it's becoming a little bit less and less, but I'm still playing it every day. And that's that's saying a lot at this stage in the expansion. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm in the same boat where I am. I'm enjoying the world enough and 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 progression in the uh, the what do you call it? What, what do they call the story this time? It was the war. It was the war campaign last time. What's it called this time? I think it's just the Covenant campaign. Covenant campaign? I think that's it. I'm enjoying that. Like that. I'm enjoying stuff around the periphery. I'm enjoying the the zones and just generally like it just feels good to play the game right now. But um some of those things need to get need some tweaking. And you should be able to yeah. mount in the maw. It's dumb. That's dumb. Dumb. Like let me on my ground mount. I'm not saying let me fly. I know you're not gonna do that, but let me be on a ground effing mount and not have to be a druid to do it lame or very lucky or very lucky yeah because there is a mount that drops in two different places that's true and you can get on the well if you kill if you kill any of those dudes that are on the uh donkey uh, donkeys (laughs) yep the donkeys (laughs) the the ma donkeys the devil donkey ma donkeys you can hop on and, and ride it 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's not a perfect expansion. It's I'm definitely having more fun at this stage of the expansion than I did in the last one. That says a lot. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, what else? You've been playing Pokemon Go. Good Lord. Tell me about that. I have. Uh, so I got back into Pokemon Go. I didn't do a New Year's resolution this year. I, like many people, especially maybe in this country, was just happy to have survived 2020. And uh, was like, hey, there's an achievement. I survived 2020. I hope I'll survive 2021 as well. Uh, let's not necessarily, you know, set ourselves up for failure. But I found myself motivated to get out and start walking a bit more and start exercising, things like that. And uh, you know me, Scott, if I can multitask, if I can find a way to gamify things I have to do, I'm <laughs> going to do it. And I said, well, if I'm going to walk, I might as well spin some Pokestops and hatch some eggs and, and catch some stuff. And so I booted up Pokemon Go and I fell into it hard. Oh, boy. You know, for the voice on here that's always rallying, I hate games on mobile phones. They're bad. Uh, I really like Pokemon Go. So at this, this stage of the game, can somebody just jump in? Or did you jump in and you had a ton of stuff already and it's just picked up where you were before? Or do you feel like you were starting fresh? And if you did, like, what's, what is the onboarding experience for either a, a returning or, or a new player in there? Well, I get to give you both because I had a ton of stuff okay. uh, left over um, because there was a period of time where I was not really catching anything, but I was still kind of passively playing. So I just accumulated a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was sitting pretty when I got back in, just ready to go and do whatever I wanted. But my wife got into it, too, because naturally, uh, as a good husband would, I was like, hey, I have easy access to someone else with a cell phone. <laughs> if I talk her into getting Pokemon Go, that's another person that can do raid battles with me. Yeah. And if I have a, a quest, say, to defeat a trainer, I can go, hey, uh, you want to fight and let me win <laughs> for a little bit? Uh, and so I talked her into it, and then she got hooked on it. And she had an account previously, but it was very relatively new. Uh, but she was still able to pretty easily get in and start participating. They do free daily boxes that have a couple of things. So you can, at, at the very least, do a minimum a day. Um, and there are some ways to earn coins. Um, and, you know, the game is definitely going to re reward you more if you're out and going places. Uh, but we live in a weird time where out and going places is not encouraged. So I guess it's worth mentioning they have made some changes to Pokemon Go to be COVID-friendly that might be worth talking about. Sure. Like, um, okay, so I understand some of this stuff, like remote raiding, I've heard of. Yep. Where so you don't have to be physically there. You can, you can use a remote raid pass to raid with other people from long distance. They can invite you for a very long distance, or if it's in your relatively close vicinity you can do it yourself so if you're not but but it's not that's interesting so that isn't just simply like a matchmaking thing where like patrick and france could go hey john let's let's hop in and do a raid it's he still could. some proximity if we're friends he could invite me but oh. he would have to be at least somewhat close to the raid okay so right now from where i live i've got about four places that could be raid uh locations okay and you know they're probably all within a mile or two of sure. where i live sure 
I could see a raid that's, say, maybe a mile away and go, I want to do that, hit it, do remote raid, and then I could say, let me invite my friends and send you an invite, and you could join that. Interesting. Okay. So you you can invite people from a very long distance, but it's not like the, the World of Warcraft matchmaker where it's just like, hey, I want to find somebody who's raiding right now and jump in and join them. And... Uh, but I've I've done some raids with some people in Japan, and that was cool. Oh, <laughs> that was yeah. that was neat. And, yeah. uh, you know, feel like you're you're doing some interesting things with that. So uh, it's it's been fun. It's been fun getting back into it. Oh, the other things it's done. Uh, there's a bigger radius on Pokestop, so you can be you don't have to be right on top of it. So oh, that's good. So there are people spread out around. a little bit more. Yeah. Um. You are not penalized as much for, so they don't want to encourage you to drive and play. <laughs> okay. They never, they uh, always so they, were trying to find ways of stopping that. I think back in the day too, they were like, maybe don't drive. So and play. they've put a thing in where you can't just spin a poke stop as you go flying by. Like you have to be going pretty slow for the spin to, to count. Yeah. But as a result, they have given a little more freedom on counting, not penalizing speed. So it's still counting towards hatching eggs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've done some some COVID aware things. We'll That's say. good. I like that. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, let me see what else. What other questions do I have? Does it? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, there's a new level cap, so that's cool, right? Because the numbers go up, so you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point does rewards. that end? Also, at some point, that's that cap ends, and then you're stuck there again, right? I assume. Yeah, I think it's level forty. But uh, yeah. So it's but like a, yeah, I, I think I think that's it. I think all right. That's a new cap. All right. Well, Pokemon Go still a threat. Um, the the Minecraft game that was competing with it, Minecraft Build. Oh, it's 50 it. now, people are saying. Oh, 50. I have a ways to go. Okay. <laughs> apparently it's 50 now. But that, that Minecraft game that was trying to compete with it, which was like a geolocated AR, you know, assisted whatever thing, it was it was in that vein of kind of game. It just never stuck, and they announced this week they're, they're ending it. Uh, servers will shut off in June. So apparently Pokemon Go is still the king when it comes to this stuff. Well done. Uh, yeah, any it's, additional it's fun. Um, they're, oh go ahead i was just gonna say they're doing more events now to kind of because they've they've now added so many new generations of pokemon it's not just the first 151 uh that they now run events pretty regularly where you know hey we're gonna celebrate this version of the game so for this week it's gonna be all the stuff from from that version of the game and then the next week it'll be something else and they're about to do a big event where of the 151, uh, you'll be able to catch all of them again. Uh, if you, They're going to do a whole little buy-in thing where you can buy a blue version of the pass or a green version of the past, and uh, they're going to try and tie it all into uh, the original Pokemon uh, red and green and all of that. So Very cool. That Are stuff's cool. Yeah, they're doing neat things with it. Do you find yourself tempted at all to do like the poke poke fest thing they do every year, even the virtual one they did last year. So that's not like something you'd pay for. <laughs> the closest I've gotten is this thing that's coming up because I'm so nostalgic for Pokemon red and blue. Cause that's when I got in and that's when I cared yeah. <laughs> and uh, cared the most. Yeah. 
And so, and I've nearly completed it. Um, I'm only missing, I think, four Pokemon from that era, maybe five. So there is a part of me that's like, oh, if I, if I spent that 12 bucks <laughs> bought in on this, mm-hmm. I could complete the collection. So I'd say that's probably the closest I've been to Tempted, but... Mm. Otherwise, eh, it's just fun to collect Pokemon and feel like I'm being rewarded for going for a walk besides the obvious physical benefits, which apparently are not enough. Right. <laughs> not enough. It's okay. We live in a time where this is possible. I don't see any reason why not to take advantage of it. Any reason to to get out there and do it beyond, you know, I don't know, looking at the sky or whatever. Great. Let's do it. Some people need music. John needs Pokemon Go. That's right. Done. Uh, any other thoughts on Phoenix Rising uh, before we move on? No, I uh, I finished Aphrodite's Quest, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea of where I'm at in that game, mm-hmm. and uh, that was fun. I'm still having a great time with it. I think my favorite thing about it, and I said this to someone else, is so much of that game is contained in little chunks yeah. that you can go, I've got about 15 minutes, play for about 15 minutes, and feel like you did something. Yeah. Like, it Plus wasn't a waste that, of time or that, you couldn't get into it. It's got that fast resume feature enabled. So uh, at least on the Series S and X. So when you hop out and do other stuff, even other games, if you're just like, oh, I just want to bang out 10 minutes in this, it resumes right away, right where you were. You don't have to load anything. don't have to start the game. You just go from where you were and play. And uh, it turns out I really like that feature. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it. But in practice, I think it's, it's great. The, the only bad thing is not all third-party games support it. Um, all yeah. the Microsoft stuff does. And then a few, uh, I want to say Valhalla supports it. This supports it. Um, oh, Legion might support it. I'm not sure. But in terms of other third-party big titles, I don't know how many do or don't. Um, but I really like being able to just get into that game and not... It's it's weird. I don't know how they actually do it. Because I've done it before where it's like, all right, I'm playing that game. And then the kids are like, we want to play Overcooked 2. So I'll launch Overcooked 2 goes through all the launch stuff, get the controller hooked up, play over overcooked for, you know, an hour or two. Well, time to get back into Phoenix Rising. It just resumes where I was as if I never left. Yep. It's crazy. I don't get it. I mean, I guess it just feels like I'm shutting a, a DS and then opening it later. <laughs> it's very, very odd. But um, yeah, that game's great. It's just, oh, here's a map. Here's a ton of shit to do. I'm going to go do some. I can be here all day or for five minutes. Game's very good. That's why I made it. Oh, and I've gotten to some really rewarding and funny moments in that game. You know, people, again, people have criticized the humor. Humor is subjective, but uh, Zeus learning the true origins of Aphrodite is one of the funnier moments in that game. Oh, yeah. Which is whispered inaudibly for most of it, (laughs) and then a big reaction from him learning the truth of it (laughs) was pretty funny, and also describing a bunch of uh, men who got turned to stone by their wives as a bunch of ladies got woke and decided they hated their husbands (laughs) was a really funny description of that event. Yeah, and that stuff, again, is it's to me, it's about the delivery. It isn't that the jokes are great so much as it's their the voice actors in that thing are putting in the work and that's very good yeah uh same i'm feeling good about it and we'll continue to play that all right before we get to this email we have today i'm gonna play a mashup put together by jamie you may know him as tms mashups jamie does a lot of these for the morning stream and occasionally crams one together for us here on core this will be fun because there'll be bow stuff in it bow yeah 
Get a little bow in there. A little bow in there. So uh, check it out and have a listen. We're hanging with Scott. Scott. Yeah. We're hanging yeah. with Scott. Scott. Yeah. Asking <laughs> questions. Drinking a drink. <laughs> hanging out with Scott. Me. <laughs> me. <laughs> You were in a place where you said, Bo, you have to eat this plate, which has a homeless person's poo on it, or you have to eat this plate, which has a 500-pound billionaire's poo on it. I don't mean the poo's 500 pounds. I'm saying the 500-pound guy oh. ate it, okay? I was like, one of those is much more poop than the other. <laughs> you know he's down for it, though, dude. Absolutely. I sure Absolutely. will, mother effer, he'd say. All right, I'm getting close to spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so subtle, Scott. <laughs> no one will see through that veil. Oh, shit. Scott okay. just went outside with a hat on and only a hat and was like, a technically not nude. Yeah, technically not nude. <laughs> but of those two plates, which way are you going to go? Because I'll just say, I think I'd lean toward homeless because it'll be like dried out and poorly hydrated and I can get it down quick. Some glitches make it so your ding-dong flops out of your polygons a little bit. Yep. I, I don't want that. I don't want to be in a really important story moment and have my guy go, and then just out the side of his freaking you know pants polygon. Do I get to see the poo or do I not know? Um, you'll know who the rich guy is and basically what his life's like. So it won't be somebody that's sitting around eating AIDS-infested boogers. I mean, it'll be like a... It's just <laughs> it'll be AIDS-infested rats. Like, uh, you're homeless. I, I don't know. I don't know about the homeless poo. I'm, I think I go... I'm that. upset that we transitioned from my love of Mass Effect to this. <laughs> <laughs> that thing from Obsidian. I forgot the name of it. <sighs> Butter rum nuggle nuts. I can't remember the name. What's the Rat. punishment if I choose neither? Like, usually you have to incentivize someone. What are they going to do? Kill me? Maybe I pick that instead of well, eating the poo. Well, in the hypothetical you could add that option, I suppose, but it makes it less interesting. Did you say gun to your head? Like you have to I do pick it. the uh, gun. I don't want to eat poop. John will take death before he eats poop. I'll take the death. Yeah, I think I would too. By the way, I don't like everybody it. dies. I'll just I'll get there poop. quicker, and guess what? I'll have better breath. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat poop. It's fine. <laughs> I have no problem eating poop. <laughs> wow. You'll eat the poo and you'll pocket the gun and you're out of there. I'll get the best ending. That is really funny. Oh my lord, that's good. I don't remember that conversation. What the what was it? You would eat poo or boogers? I don't remember what the deal was. No, it was do you want to eat rich guy poop or homeless poop? That was basically the scenario oh, you, you gave us. That's right. Okay. I couldn't remember what the other choice was. He mainly focused on the homeless poop in that in those clips. Anyway, yeah. that was amazing. Well done. Now this. That's a good question. Got an email here from listener Chris from Leeds, England. That's in the United Kingdom. He says, hey, Scott and John, just listened to the latest episode. And you guys were talking about Phoenix Rising. That pretty much clinched it for me. So I'll be buying it soon. Uh, you got me thinking once again that Genshin Impact is the game that you guys, especially Scott, need to try. I did try it. I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, it's quite similar to Breath of the Wild, but with the benefits uh, benefit that it is free. It is a gotcha game, uh, but so far I have managed to spend $0 or zero pounds in this case on it, and it continues to be a blast. Uh, tons of open world puzzles as well as combat and plenty of variety in the characters you get to play and meet. Have a great new year. Chris from Leeds. Uh, same to you, Chris. I hope you have a, a wonderful new year. And um, so I did play this. This needs to be easier to play on PCs than it currently is. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Yeah, it's a mess. I heard good things about this game, and I was about to say that I'm weird because I assumed that you weren't going to be, but apparently we agree. Mm -hmm. 
So we have all these conversations about, oh, it's on the Epic Store, it's on the Steam Store, it's here, it's there. And I, I, it's weird when people pick one store and not the other. But apparently, if it's on none of the stores, I'm yeah. out. Yeah, I feel because like I out. went looking for it. I checked every store. I was like, it's not here. I went to their website and it says, no, just download it. And I went, nah. Yeah. So, <laughs> See, I even got farther than that. Sus. I even got yeah, very sus. I even downloaded it, tried it, aired out, had all these problems. I'm like, this is not normal. I'm probably getting some kind of freaking bu- uh, virus. I don't know what I'm doing here. So I got out and I didn't worry about it. But then I downloaded the phone version, which is the same game but on phones, and that's just in the app uh-huh. stores. That's fine with me. So I did that. And I don't want to play a game like that on my phone because of reasons you would also not like to do that. Um, right. I mean, you wouldn't probably download it at all, but it it plays like a phone. Like, it's just not great on a phone. The controls suck. It's just bad. On screen, you know, movement and blah, 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 all that. I don't like it there. So I played it for about 10 minutes and went, eh. So if that game showed up suddenly on Steam and they said, hey, here it is, or any of those, and all I had to do was just hit download. I'm good. I don't want to mess with their weird executable that looked like it might have gone through the ringer before I got it. It was something wrong with that thing. So I am so happy to hear you say that. I feel less crazy now than I did a moment ago. No, you were right to feel that way. Because everything about it seems neat. It's a, I don't have a problem playing games that are localized from other parts of the world. It's no problem at all. But your launcher software installer thing is ass. So if it's ass, I'm not doing it. Make it less than ass. I will be playing uh, Diablo Immortal once I get my hands on it. Our friend Patrick has a little butthole. Um, and he claims it's great. And he doesn't like phone games. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. You never know from the French, though. We got to dig deeper there. It sounded like you were commenting on the size of his butthole, not calling him a name. <laughs> Our friend Patrick has a giant butthole. butthole. <laughs> a giant gaping French hole. Anyway, uh, thanks, Chris, from Leeds. We appreciate your uh, email. And if you have email like Chris does, send one to talktothecore at gmail.com. That's talktothecore at gmail.com. We'd love to read it out on the show. We're getting more of these every week, and that's great. It makes me feel good to get all your feedback. So keep it coming if you have any thoughts on what we talked about today. And as always, don't forget, you can support this show over at patreon.com slash core show. It is how the show stays on the air. It is through your help that we do so. So please check it out and see what rewards you can get and how you can help us out over at patreon.com slash core show. And huge thanks to everybody who already does. Frogpants.com slash core for our website. And uh, that's going to do it. Uh, John, any uh, final thoughts or feelings? Anything? Are you playing anything this week? We're like, oh, can't wait to talk about this because we got a wild tale hitman at least a week and a half or more. Uh, I want to get caught up on games I missed, and I want to play Yakuza like a dragon. Something. Oh, fierce. I do too. I am, my finger hovers over that thing at least once a day. Uh, my hang up is. 44 bucks or whatever it is 50 bucks normally it's on sale i think right now uh still for the holiday sale to the 10th or whatever but anyway i hover over that thing on both the xbox and on my pc multiple times and every time i pull away because i go they always get yakuza on game pass that all the yakuza games are there this one will make it there too it'll be there i just know it and then i tell myself that and i walk away but then later i want to play it again 
So now I maybe, bought it ugh. on the PC from the Microsoft Store instead of Steam. Yeah. And I can play it on both my Xbox and I can play it on my PC. So that one purchase works both directions. Yep. I'm doing that. I'm going to do that. Why wouldn't I do that? Can I buy it on the Xbox and then it will just show up on the P- or if I just it'll be downloadable on my PC that the account will know? I, like, I did, it. did it the other way, but I don't know why it wouldn't. It seems like it's the it same should account. Work. Yeah, it should go yeah. both ways, right? But <sighs> I, yeah, I bought it on the PC and it showed up on the console. I can't imagine that it wouldn't work the opposite direction. Why am I so compelled by turn-based content right now? I'm so interested. I don't know, in it. but it's wacky and zany, and it's all that weirdness of Yakuza, but you just get to play a turn-based game with it. That seems great. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll be playing that. I don't know, but uh, it is it is uh, Hitman Three Month, which I'm actually pretty excited for, and uh, looking forward to that coming out. There's not much else in the month though. It's huge. Lots of little things. But you guys go play that Crimson Sky or whatever it is. What's it called? Uh. Well, the free one I just mentioned that you went and downloaded, Crying Sons. Well, Crying Sons. Go play Crying Sons. It's it's cool. It really hooked me before the show tonight. I was almost late because of it. It really drug me in to its little narrative. And uh, I think you guys are going to like it. I highly recommend it. And it's free on Epic, and it's only this week, so hurry up and get it. By the way, next week is um, it's a big one on Epic. Oh, what was it? I don't remember. My brain's dead. Oh, it's Star Wars Battlefront oh, 2. Oh, Battlefront 2. Yeah, that's a big deal because that game's good. Real good. Yeah. Yeah, real good. Yeah. I was hooked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too much Fargo. That's You're going to want that true coat. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't stop doing it. Anyway, it'll be uh, that'll be a thing as well. I don't I, I, I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to make any predictions I can't back up, but it feels like every week a new free game on that service. Now when I look at it, I have a monster catalog over there cuz I go get them all yeah. even if I don't want them. And that's I'm starting to see the strategy because now I look over there and go, "Oh my gosh, there's a ton here to play." And yeah, some of it's redundant, I already owned it or whatever on other things, but whatever, but there's some on there that I'm not going to have anywhere else. That's where Hades is for me. And uh, but so many of so much of that stuff over there is free. I think I bought three games on the service ever, including today's, and um, uh, for that Met game. So, <laughs> oh, I bought Bug Snacks. Oh, how uh, did you play it? <laughs> I haven't played it yet, but I had that ten dollar off coupon for their yeah. holiday sale. Yeah, and I decided to use it on Bug Snacks for some reason. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to hear how Bug Snacks is. That's a uh, <laughs> That's a game I have <laughs> at least curiosity about, if not, if not a desire to play. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have lots of stuff to play this week, and uh, we'll be back next week with more. We hope you guys have a fantastic week yourselves, and uh, stay safe, and don't worry about all the stuff that's going on. We'll get past it. I mean, worry about it, but we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm optimistic. We'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.